You know that I miss you I wanna get with you Tonight but I cannot baby girl And that's the issue Girl you know I miss you I just wanna kiss you But I can't right now so baby kiss me through the phone Kiss me through the phone I'll see you later on And we're back again Season 5, episode 5 of The Crown How are you doing Corey? I'm hanging in there Dave <laughs> doing, doing just okay How about you? I gotta say, you know, the holiday hubbub is a, a here, and I I got a little bit of the 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 holiday cold or not a, a mild, you know, not the COVID, sniffle. thank God, a little sniffle. Yeah, I heard, I heard that going around at the office today. Today they they have the office party, and uh, yeah, I was I was just being like, stay away. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's tough. It's tough, but it's yeah. that time. You know, I'd rather have it this week than next week. Yeah. But I, but I, I hung do, around you know. for my party. Uh, I usually have a Korean class before we record this. Yanmal party, as I call it. You know, holiday party over there. But they left a lot of beer, so I got another beer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> look at this. Drinking on the clock. It's it's like 8 p.m. I'm in the office and no one's here. <laughs> Stop That's me. One in Rome. That's the they gave me it. the beer to drink. I will drink the beer. <laughs> it's not going hey, to exactly. waste. Dave's drinking from a canteen. Yes, I am. I'm trying to hydrate. I got my Dayquil, my Nyquil, my uh, I'm cough not drops. Not hydrate at all over. Here. <laughs> well, but do we have any news in the world of our uh, esteemed television series? Not much. Uh, there was a, a piece uh, over at the Independent from the UK that the Crown star Dominic West admits he's always been in love with Princess Diana. Tell me something new. <laughs> Tell me yeah, something what, new. He's, he's a Brit who was born in what the 70s or the 60s. Yeah, of course he's in love with her. And the guy loves women, so of course. (laughs) That's not news. Um, The other piece was the Daily Mail, uh, pretty relevant to today's discussion. Uh, The Daily Mail reported, Aiden Turner stands out in a stylish mustard jacket as he attends the As You Like It press night performance. This guy is is taking swings lately. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, so he attended the, the... Performance of As You Like It. It's a new show over there in the London Soho Place Theater. Listeners, please check out this article and let us know if this is a stylish mustard jacket. Because to my eyes, it just looks like a jacket. I'll send you a link right here, Dave. You let me know. Sure. Let's see it. Is this a stylish mustard jacket or is this just a jacket that a man happens to be wearing who is also Aiden Turner from Poldark, the star of Poldark? He's only 39 years old? Oh, yeah. 
Only 39. He looks like a Jonas brother. You know, it's fine. He could pass. But Dave, is that a stylish mustard jacket? No, not really. It looks like just a, a jacket. How is this a news piece? Thank God that beard is gone, though. Yeah, he shaved the gnarly beard. <laughs> um, but that is literally what we're um, fiending this on time over of here. Year? Yeah, there's not much news going on with Downton or Gilded Age or The Crown or anything. That's all we got is Aiden Turner in a questionably stylish mustard jacket. We'll love some tabloids over here. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, a little uh, piece of news on our end is uh, for those of you that are interested in our High Clear Castle gin stuff, the King Tut bottles have shipped. And we mm. have we have some. And we haven't drank them yet because we're not in person, but we will and, be And just soon. for a reminder to the listeners, so High Clear Castle has their own official gin that they put out there. Mm-hmm. And this year they're putting out a limited edition because uh, the Carnarvons, uh, was it their father or their grandfather? Funded. Grandfather. Grandfather funded the expedition to... Um, uncover King Tut's tomb, so that's why there's a limited edition of uh, King Tut's gin. For yes, High the, Clear it's Castle. the centennial of that. Hundred years ago, they unearthed. They unleashed the curse. The tomb. Yes, <laughs> Brendan Fraser <laughs> was not happy. Uh, yeah, so they're out there. You can get a bottle, but Dave, as you said, you just received one. And yep, I did an unboxing on our Facebook group. Yeah, on Patreon, right? Yeah, that's right. And our uh, it, it's brief. I mean, I'm not like good at that. As you know, of all things considered, I've never done it before. So, but they sent us a little care package. But we also bought the bottle. So, you know, we we're fans of their product, and uh, we'll, we'll be, be talking about that, that on the feed soon. Yes. Yeah. We'll we'll leave you wanting more for that. But until then, I'm just going to keep drinking this beer right here. What kind of beer that are they giving you at work for free? Uh, just a Goose Island I got right now. Oh, okay, that's fine. I was doing it's a lot better of than a Bud Light. Yeah, no, no BLLs here, unfortunately. It's a green can. It could have been. That's I'm not, the, I'm not uh, above a Bud Light line. <laughs> well, that's not the season for that, but it no. is the season to talk about uh, The Crown, Season 5, Episode 5. The way around, as they call it. Yeah, this is a... Uh, it's a very seasonal episode as it starts. It moves on past that, but it's Christmas time, baby. Christmas in, uh, in Buckingham or in England. And we, we get a scene of uh, Charles staring up at the sky in the fields. And uh, he's, in, he's in a small predicament, you know. He's, uh, was he's talking to the people at this, this party that people at his age have already made their mark and he's not allowed to do it. These are themes that have been well-tread on the show. You don't um, say. Yeah, he's saying, I, you know, people like me at my age, they're at the peak of their powers, but he's just stuck in the rating room. Don't, tell, tell us something new. Charles, tell us something Yeah, he's a, a useless ornament, to use a seasonal phrase that he uses himself. And someone reminds him, you give out thousands of grants each year. 20,000 children have received them. Uh, it's like, you don't sound that bad at all, Charles. Come on, man. You're okay. Yeah, seems like he was dealt a bad hand. And then we see uh, he leaves. <laughs> now, is he, I'm assuming he's hosting if he goes to bed, but he's not like, everybody, hey, mm-hmm. you got to leave my house. He's like, hey, everybody, I'm... I'm leaving. Do what you got to do. <laughs> I got places to be. I'm going to leave t- 15 people at my dining room table and just go upstairs and call yep. my girlfriend. It, well, is she his girlfriend yet? She's just a, I a mean, friend. She's his, who's oh, a girl. yeah. What, what, are we, what phrase are we using? Yes, yeah. that's his girlfriend. Well, he doesn't even call her up. First, he calls up his brother, Andrew. Again, we <laughs> have to see Andrew. <laughs> 
And he's like, can you put, put Camilla on the phone? And Andrew's like, sure. Well, that's not his brother. Isn't that Camilla's husband? Oh, I didn't even connect with that. Man, I'm just so connected to seeing Andrew. Yeah, we can only be asked to do to remember so much about Andrews, and it's a yeah, it's a different yeah because it's Camilla's house. Let me let me just make sure oh, that I'm not right. totally crazy. I mean, maybe it's his beer drinking that I, I can't stop. All our, our listeners are tuning out. Yeah, it's Andrew Parker Bowles, different guy. Oh they man, should change one of their well, names. How is that? How do you do that? You call up a household and be like, "Can you put your wife on the line, Dave?" If I were to call up your place and be like, "Can you put your girlfriend on the line?" What would you say to me? Well, if I knew that you had been having an affair with them for years, I'd be like, man, just stop calling. <laughs> or you think Charles would have a private line installed for Camilla or something, or a beeper or something like that. Yeah. This We're guy in is... the late 80s, early 90s. Like, the technology is there. Right. This, this Andrew guy, he's a cuckold. Absolutely. And we see a lot, a lot of that this episode. Yep. Uh, but we see that uh, Charles is... Uh, Wants to just kind of talk, and he has the speech that he has to make about the decline of the English language, which is the most Prince Charles speech that you can make. Mm-hmm. Also, just dial back for a second, though. The fact that he's calling her on Christmas, where she's around her family, and she's willing to leave her family just to spend time on the phone with uh, old Chuck says a lot about where they are. In a good way or a bad way? Uh, in a bad way for her. In a bad way for her as being negligent, but I think in a good way as far as the foundation of their relationship. Sure. Yeah, so they're on the phone, and you think it's going to be like, I can't talk. My whole family's downstairs playing board games. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, but let's just talk for a little bit about this speech. Yeah. And they go and over the, the speech. As you said, David, it's a journal speech, right? <laughs> about the state of the crown. It's a speech about England, and it's about how the English language is like being butchered by these younger generations, and how we need to uplift and be smart, and the importance of it. it's you know the first language, and our own people are destroying it, kind of thing. It seemed very mm-hmm. Prince Charlesy. Yeah, uh, but there's more contents to this conversation, which are are picked up by a guy who's just tuning into radio signals and comes across this one. It's like a creep in an RV. <laughs> yeah, and he's just listening in. He's recording all of it. And obviously, this must be someone who must must be out there trying to find these kinds of things. Like, really? You just come across well, maybe Not necessarily royal speeches but or royal phone calls, but he's just like a local creep, probably looking at, listening to the police calls and mm-hmm. stuff, you know. I think I've, I've encountered people that, you know, with the radio things and the vans and the cars to stop them from hearing cop calls, stuff like that. Just one of those weird AV nerds from the early 90s. Yeah. But he hits the jackpot because he takes this uh, takes this audio recording and he brings it to a newspaper and he tries to sell it to them. And then mm-hmm. they buy it. Well, they say they will bury it until, like, you know, it's not appropriate to be published out there. Yeah, they're going to lock it up. Yep. But they're still going to buy it. I mean, that's the, and then it's funny, it's the Daily Mirror, which, if anyone knows, we get our news from the Daily Mail all the time for this podcast. Uh, it's just one of many out there in terms of publications that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just are rags and, and publish all kinds of 
you know, tawdry content. <laughs> but they do, they exercise restraint and they say this could destroy the royal family if we release this. So maybe. Which I feel like it's almost charitable for, for the Daily Mirror. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was a little perturbed by that. And I said, like, you know. It would not hold back at all. Are you kidding me? I mean. Maybe maybe the Daily Mail would, but the Daily Mirror, I don't think so. Yeah, the Daily <laughs> Mail's waiting for that mustard-colored jacket to come out. Exactly. They're just going for scraps. Um, but we smash cut to the Queen with Diana and Charles. And she's like, you sure you two want to be done? And they're like, absolutely. No doubts or hesitancy on their parts. And she's like, very well. <laughs> she leaves the room. They're really left fine. in there, and this the news starts to to spread about the two of them. Yep, we see the prime minister make a speech about it. Offers his support. Yep, he says that they're separating. They don't use the D word, the divorce word. They're mm-hmm. just separating. Diana's the shut in. She's closing the shades. But Charles, on the other hand. He's in a he he's fired up. We, this is a brand new man we're dealing with right here. Yeah. We, and we see he's in a meeting with um Prince Phil. I think uh Elizabeth's in there. But they're setting up a new informal council of war to find new new directions forward called the Way Ahead Group. And they take much effort to kind of stress how kind of clumsy that sounds as a name for a group, the the Way Ahead Group. Because it's just like, it's just, it's not a very, I don't know, clean sounding thing. <laughs> it just sounds very just like off the cuff. This is the best I could come up with. Yeah, it seemed like there would be a PR person that would steer them to something more creative or regal sounding. Yeah. And the one piece of change they're making is like changing the royal guard around the home. They they can you know, Put change some that women up. in there. Get some women in there. But beyond that, they aren't really changing all that much. No. Which not Dave, because, what, Charles is not a fan of that. Yeah, what, what is Charles' beef exactly? He just thinks that they need to do more. He says, this is change. He's a, They operate in this sort of, I believe the phrase he uses is mystery, magic, and divine right. But like, why can't they be real? Why can't they be real human beings? And do, do something instead of just like repeat themselves. Right. They're, they're pretty much sticking to the script, as far as he can tell. Yeah. Uh, pretty much. He, he also he suggests ma- that the, the monarchy fund itself rather than be funded by the public, which is not a, a bad idea. Yeah, right. <laughs> the, the, the ideas just don't reflect Britain of today, is what he tells them. And the, the Queen is open to change. And he um, brings up that, that poll or whatever, the, the Queen Victoria syndrome. He says, remember that? People want change. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, you sure um, about that, Chuck? But he's he's talking like the separation from Diana has energized him. He's a brand new man, and and the queen is open to change. She she says that at like a dinner table, and she kind of looks off and cuts to the next scene. We see Chuck out in the the fields planting trees. Like he may be the guy because she says like the answer may be right under our noses, and maybe Charles is the way forward. Sure, so at least that's what it seems to me what they're inferring there. Uh, but he soon gets word that. Some transcripts are about to get published. They said they they sat on them long enough. Now it's time to really kick things into high gear. Mm-hmm. Because the the idea here is that, well, they're divorced, 
what's the worst that could happen now? Like, might as well just publish this. It's not going to ruin their marriage. That That's the Daily Mail's understanding. Yeah, there's already a, a sour taste in the public's mouth about the Royals right now because of the separation. Let's nail the hammer in the casket that Charles has been fooling around for a while. Yeah. And, and the, the his advisor even tells him, like, it's going to be difficult to d- disprove that this uh, came from you. <laughs> and then uh, when you read the transcript, the way he was talking to Camilla, it's that's not a man with a lot of uh, tact in having that sort of dirty talk on the phone. Yeah, this is deeply embarrassing stuff. So they go over a whole montage of this where one one of the key things that he says that has kind of lived in infancy is that um, infamy uh, rather is that he's joking you know that he would want to live in t- uh, inside of uh, a pair of Parker Pole's uh, knickers or, or her tampon he says specifically I'll just live inside your trousers or something it would be much easier Whew. that's just he wouldn't he wouldn't make it on the dating apps in this day and age yeah I mean, he says, she says, well, darling, what, and they recreate it. Perhaps you could come just, uh, you could just come back as a box. What sort of box? A box of Tampax. That's the stuff that gets your heart racing for sure. Oh, yeah. And then when your family's downstairs having Christmas dinner, playing games. Can you imagine being the queen hearing this stuff? Did you think she yeah, sat yeah. through this entire, like, reading of the transcript? I don't know if she did. Well, That's the thing is, they show everybody who did, and I feel like at, at a certain point, Anne is not going to read it. Um, Andrew Parker Bowles is probably not going to read it. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think Diana would because she seems like the kind of person that wants to fuel her fire of dislike, distaste for Absolutely. the royal family. But it's kind of funny, though. You know, with them having Dominic West in this role, he almost pulls it off saying those words, whereas you know the real Charles cannot pull any of that off. It just sounds probably clunky. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. He would he would fumble all over that. Yeah. Uh, but so those did get leaked. They they got out there. And was it? It starts to raise doubts about him as king. It's an assassination yeah. attempt on him, essentially. Like yeah, defamation. It is. Of I mean, no no doubt about it. He was fooling around on his wife. Because apparently the call took place in 1989, which, yeah, he was still married at the time. Yeah, well, I mean, he's technically still married in the in the canon. They're just separated, you know, in the timeline of the show. So yeah, anything that was recorded one day prior to that announcement is is scandalous. Any, any re- leaked recording of a famous person saying dirty things to their partner is scandalous. And then the royal, let alone a royal, you know? Yeah. And we see that Princess uh, Anne comes in and she's got to just basically tell him, don't let this get you down, my brother. We've all <laughs> we all there. talk like this. You just got caught out. <laughs> she's like, I'm worse. Mine just didn't make it to the, the cutting room floor of the crown. I would love to hear what that is. Does it have no, something to do with her I think hair? I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, she empathizes with him. Uh, and then Prince Phil kind of just dresses him down in front of this council here where he says, like, you know, we're pushing the self-destruct button on you, man. You you have an entirely unjustified military achievement. Can you, you know, restate again the value took? 
and it's better death than dishonor. <laughs> Jeez. Says Philip, who who might have well, the some descendants in, in Barbados or wherever he went. That's in the show, boy, Mike. You, I mean, in his boys club, you don't think Phil said some crazy things? That That's definitely real. Right. I mean, his stuff has gotten out there, but at least he was on a boat in Barbados if he was up to anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he kept it discreet, whereas... But you kind of do feel, Charles, like, who would have guessed that they really got his line that way, that they just, you know, recorded it? Had the technology. Who knew? Yeah, yeah. But then we see that Charles needs to think about a way out of this hole. And he goes to the way ahead, and it seems like he's using this as his sort of brain trust to bounce ideas off of. Yeah. Now imagine you're some like adolescent, you know, maybe a college age kid who's involved in this organization and this this big news story comes out that the prince was, you know, having dirty talk on the phone with his girl. Mm-hmm. And then you have to sit and have like a respectful conversation with this guy. Like how how difficult yeah. is it for these horned up young kids to be like, yo, dude. Right. He's, b- he's bouncing off da- ideas off of students here. Cuz he needs to protect himself, look after himself. And changes, you know, a change is happening. That's what needs to be. That's what needs to be seen. And, and monarchy is in dangerous rut. And, but the problem is, he is a problem right now. He looks like a clown. He looks like a buffoon with his dirty talk. As he should. It's, it, it's buffoonery to the highest level. So, what do they propose, Dave? They propose propose documentary on Prince Charles. That's. Uh, a little more flattering and shows the good stuff that he does because like we said before he really does feel underutilized in this camp reminds me of uh the episode we got earlier in the show where they had the whole family uh followed for a week and they mm-hmm. turned that into a special here just playing uh playing the public along you know i mean it's interesting that the family doesn't try to clean his image up yeah they're perfectly thought- content trashing him but they're not like no matter what happens you will be the king unless you die you know like right and I agree with that. It's interesting. I thought it was interesting that the PR person that was working with uh, Phil here, or Charles here, and maybe this oh, is the A-Lord guy. Yeah, maybe it's a dramatization for the show. But he's the one pitching the idea of talk to this guy named Jonathan Dimbleby. Dimbleby. Jim Dimbleby. <laughs> uh, there's an element of risk, uh, but there's prospect of reward because this guy's a straight shooter. People trust him. They know like you're not going to just be pushed into like some puff answers. You know, it's not going to be a puff piece. No. And they don't hesitate. They kind of jump right into the interview. This guy shows up. Yeah. Charles is honest with this guy. Yeah. He wants monarchy to flourish. Sees himself as a defender of faith of all types. Doesn't matter what you are. You come as you are. And then he says that Camille is a great friend of his and that the infidelity didn't happen until it became obvious that the marriage couldn't be saved. Which I don't know it's if that's fun- true. It's funny how he dances around it, though, because he's just like a dear friend of mine. You guys still nurture your friendships, you know. And then, yeah, we became pretty tight friends when things went south of Diana. I'm not going to lie. I may have done it. I definitely did it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Not sorry. Maybe. I don't know. Only God can judge me. I'm Prince Charles. Any God. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the son of God. Yeah, you pick your God. He can judge me. I'm trying my best. I'm a prince. What can you do? I'm Prince Charles. 
It's and pretty we straightforward, see a, but I think it is an impressive and honest look at him. I haven't seen the actual documentary. Same. And, and we see the people watching this, you know, Anne's watching. We got uh, Margaret watching. You got Diana clutching at her knees as she's watching this thing. And uh, we hear that the admission has divided viewers, those who approved of it and those who didn't. I, I'm, I mean... I thought because Dominic Westway carried it off, it, it convinced me. You know, do you want someone who errs and learns from his mis- mistakes or someone who just kind of stays constant? It's like, I kind of like a grower. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like the one complaint that he's always had with the crown is that they're too simple and too yeah. archaic and holier than thou. And he's saying, like, I've made mistakes. But yeah, I'm also doing cool things too. Right. And we, we also get a, a shot of... Diana showing up in her famous um, at the Serpentine's Gallery annual summer party in her her classic revenge dress, her black dress. Yeah, now this was a huge piece of news that Debicki wearing this dress on set. Yeah, I mean, Dave, do you recall this dress from way back? I don't recall it from way back, but I definitely did Google it to see because I do remember how much of a news piece it was that Debicki was wearing such a similar dress. Yeah. So when I Googled it to see the both pictures side by side. It's pretty clear. It's very accurate, and I remember that photo. Yeah, you know, I, I remember like around. there being like buzz about that dress and like people talking about it on, on some level, or at least over time. It's it's definitely come up as a recurring thing, uh, as a pop cultural touchstone. I, I feel like they could have spent more time on it. Like it was exactly. like almost. That- well, actually, going back to that god awful Netflix special we watched, they have an entire musical number about the dress. Remember, Dave? <laughs> oh yeah, I mean barely. They have an entire song about yeah her getting her her revenge and stuff. They could have done like a whole scene of her maybe deciding on the dress she was taking out. Maybe she could have done some kip up, some workouts, you know, before getting in that dress. Just see her getting ready to get revenge on on old Charles. Part of me thinks that there's going to be another side of this story. I'm I'm hoping that we get, get more, more Diana centric episode that focuses on her during the divorce. But knowing this show's pace, this is all we're going to get. Yeah, I would like strange. more. Listeners who have binged the show might know that exactly what's happened, obviously. But I was talking to someone last week, and they're like, I've already watched The Crown Season 5 twice. And it's like, well... Twice? Going back quarter speed, bro. Okay, yeah, thanks. Uh, we we see Camilla. She's getting papped by the reporters. Everyone wants a piece of her. Meanwhile, yeah, Andrew is looking... Yeah, her, her husband Andrew is looking through the window like... <laughs> bro, you're see old she, she, Eventually, we see her moving out. Absolutely, as she should. This is done. They're calling her Plain Jane. She got really ridiculed in the '90s for her appearance, uh, especially in comparison to Diana. It wasn't like she was like any kind of uh, what you call a catch back in the day. Exactly, you feel you feel for her. Uh, but yeah, John Major again. He's surprised. People are people's responses have been divided. They're surprised by what they saw. Uh. He did say that people did connect with the defender of faith in general. That that that's actually been a gone over well. Uh, what is it? He's having this conversation with Diana though, where he it's like it, she's explaining it's not the royal's job to chase get, getting people to buy in. It's for the crown to kind of bind people together without having to do that. Uh-huh. And she says he prefers to animate, whereas the crown is inanimate. That's the way to be. 
and could yeah. un- end up undoing what's been done, which is true. I feel like we've seen that in the world today. Like so many long-standing things could easily just be undone by someone just not sticking to the script. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't help that the prior monarch had been there for 70 years of her life. So, you know, yeah. she inherited these traditions when she was in her 20s. So, Right. And Chuck's got ideas. Yeah. Go ahead, Dave. Well, I mean, I was gonna, I was just gonna jump to his ideas at the end, having a good time with his kids. Oh, okay. But he's having lunch with Anne. She doesn't have an appetite, yeah. but he does. Man is always hungry. Um, he loves some asparagus. Yeah, he loves some asparagus. Someone kept trying to hawk uh, broccoli on me tonight at this holiday party. I was like, "There's all this food here. Why are you trying to push broccoli on me?" He's like, "You gotta try it." It's like I don't need that fiber. Thank you. It's bro- it's broccoli. Like, you it's know broccoli. what it is. I know what I'm getting. Thank you. Um, yeah, so like, he, I've never. I love asparagus. Not now. <laughs> yeah, that's what Ann's saying. Um, but Chuck, he wants to generate fresh ideas for a rival court. Uh, it's something he read about in the 18th century, and Ann's like, "This is not the 18th century, dude. <laughs> what are you trying to do? We don't create rival courts." Um, and he's like, "We're all after the same thing, Ann. Come on now, we're all after some fresh asparagus." And she's like, I'm not after anything because I can't have anything because I'm I'm never going to be the, the king or the queen. Yeah. You need to stop, stop acting like everyone has the same situation that you have, Charles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, he starts to set up his own court of his advisors. He knows one day he'll be king, and he's, uh, you know, he's starting to show what that may look like. That's what Anne warns uh, the queen about. Like, you know, this guy's kind of starting to show his true colors, maybe, because he's... Putting together his own court. This is the early '90s, and he's like, "Anne's like, mom, he's coming. You he's better not die for thirty years." Yes, yeah, stick around, because they really don't want him there. And then we see him in the Prince Charles Foundation or whatever it's called. Yeah. And another little puff piece at the end where he's dancing to Eric B. and Rakim with these kids. When he started dancing, I was like, "Oh boy." I like how they kept doing the thing where they cut to like the, the postscript and then they cut back to, oh no, Charles is going to get Buck. He's going to get a little loose in here. Dominic West do... knows how to dance. Yeah. He spent Which time I in d- Baltimore. He knows how to dance. Yeah. I can't see Prince Charles ever have done, having done this in real life. I need oh, some Oh yeah, I really want to see some footage of this. Because um, I just don't buy it. it. It almost seems like too happy of an ending here. Uh, but... Oh, there is actual evidence, though. There is evidence of him breakdancing in 1985. 85? Yeah, I'd look it up, which is would predate Eric Bean Rakim. Um, well, yeah, this is this is canonically after all this stuff has happened, so this is early 90s. And Dominic West says, it actually says so much about him, who worked with a movement coach to recreate Charles's 1985 dancing. Oh, okay, so he's recreating 85 dances, but it's set in the future, or this is just a flashback? I think it may just be a flashback because uh, well, I it was mean with... Charles's moves probably didn't evolve, right? Uh, so on March 29th, nineteen eighty-five, Charles attended a workshop uh, that had been organized by the charity he had founded, the Prince's Trust. According to the story, Charles was persuaded to attempt break dancing with three youngsters and moved his legs in slow robotic imitation, even getting down on his knees, which you can look up on on YouTube of of him doing that. Oh, all right, I'm gonna have to do that when we're done recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Prince Charles getting buck. I mean, that, that's the funny thing is like, was it? He had to have been yeah, thirty seven at the time, but like, Prince Charles, 
I think this episode does a good job of like being, humanizing him a little bit when he has to be so again. And we've we've spent time with this character, but just reminding us a little bit like mm-hmm. he's very much just a person who's been foisted into this role that he may not be the best person for. Or maybe he is, but he just is in an unfortunate situation that the precedent has put upon him. He didn't I, I, want to. Mar- he didn't want to be with Diana. He really didn't want to marry Diana. Yeah, I, I really did like this episode, Dave, and that it complicates the the Prince Charles picture. And this may just be the the crown itself, the show taking liberties with who he is, but it do, it does take great efforts to kind of show like. This guy has good ideas that may resonate with people. And we know in London that he's not really well-beloved at all, especially for how he was with Diana and stuff. But, like, he's a flawed person who could literally maybe make some good contributions. It's just that he's just trash personally and doesn't get along with people and maybe a little bit too self... has too much of an ego to kind of let him his oh, ideas... Yeah. yeah, absolutely. ...make headway, yeah. And some of his ideas are very... Uh, what's the word? Radical? Reductive, in a way. You know, talking about oh, how reductive. the English language needs to be, you know, brought back to this place. And it's like, well, that's that's a dumb thing to say. Dialects yeah. exist everywhere, you know? And it kind of, I mean, to that effect, it, it does capture, like, how some people are capable of having forward-thinking ideas, but also sometimes being a little bit too rooted in the rigidity of the past <laughs> and having to uphold yeah. that. And the the... the Really, kind of encapsulates the the show as a whole of just struggling to move forward as you got to honor the past and and which seems yeah, to thought, be the themes of many uh, period dramas. Yeah, well, I, I thought this episode really captured that well, and it was nice to see, hear that he did help one million young people fulfill their potential. Billions of dollars, one point four billion dollars returned to society. Good for him, I guess. <laughs> All things considered, you know. Very short episode again of the Crown, but good. Good episode, I thought. Yeah, absolutely. To the point. To the yep, to the point. You know, kind of an A plot, no B plots. I mean, the only B plot you could say is the revenge dress, but that was uh, it was like a scene. Yeah, we're a waste of that. It could have given us five minutes of her just like being like, not that one. I mean, I guess people, if you're really curious about the dress, go watch the 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 Netflix musical Diana. Maybe don't do that. It's the F.U. Dress. Isn't that the name of the song? The F.U. Dress? I forget. Don't I? I mean, I've, I've done a pretty good job of blocking that from my memory. <laughs> that film. It was such a monstrosity. We really can't think back to Diana, Diana the Musical. It was, it was that bad, people. Y- yes. <laughs> yeah. But it is called The Dress. That is a song from the original recording of Diana the, the Broadway <laughs> uh, musical. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay, Dave, power rankings. Who's going down this week? Well, number three, I got Diana. She can't be the biggest loser because I got her she wants too, the then. separation too. I got Diana there too. If they gave us more time on the dress, maybe she'd be a little bit more up, but nah. It, it's a hard week to have all that stuff put out there in public and she got to sit through that. Yeah, because we know that she hasn't been a, a princess, no pun intended, herself in her behavior. But we do know that she has... You know, feelings, emotions, connections to this stuff, and it's no good to be dragged through the mud. Sure. How about number two, Dave? Well, I've got the king and queen, or the prince and queen, Philip and Elizabeth, because they just can't recognize, they're, you know, they're too caught up in tra- the current drama to understand mm-hmm. that progressive thoughts aren't a bad thing. Fair. 
Well, I got Camille's husband at number two. This guy is just staring <laughs> as this whole thing goes on like a little piece of trash. He's, he's being cuckled and he's just letting it happen. Get out of there, man. Dude, you fight for your wife. <laughs> Come on, man. What a loser. Or just he doesn't let her say go anything this episode. Yeah, he, I mean, he has maybe a couple lines this episode. Get, get out of here. Camilla's husband. Big, big, huge loser. <laughs> I guess that, well, number one, I got Camilla herself. Not her husband? The guy's just watching this. Yeah, but she gets called plain Jane. She gets dragged through the mud by the media. She doesn't deserve this, this because of a bad phone call on Christmas. This and is a guy who family. literally hears the prince and king-to-be saying he wants to be a tampon in her trousers, and he just sits there. What else? I mean, it was three years ago. What do you do? Be like, hey, I can help. I'm your husband. Well, then who, well, who had a worse week than him then? The monarchy. That's who I got number one. Okay. They embarrassed him. I mean, like, how do you live with yourself when that stuff gets put out there and you're going to be the king? And we know this is this is the stuff you said. This is the current king right now. You said that way back when? Whew. In your, in your 30s? Yeah. Whew. Actually, no. If it was 89, it was 41. Oh, boy. No wonder he's so clunky. He's lost his, <laughs> his, his juice. Maybe. Just a little bit there. Who do you got going up, then? I got Princess Anne number three. She speaks some sense to Charles here this episode. I I almost had her. She was teetering on my, my positive side. She comes correct like, hey, man, I get, I get you. This rival court thing, that's not good business, bro. You're, you're not helping me out here. Do you want to hear my stories? That weren't published? No. <laughs> no, Prince Anne, Princess Anne. She's just jealous that she can't be in the rival court. Maybe. Well, number three going da- up. Mm-hmm. I got the guy in the RV who recorded that conversation. I almost had him on the list, too. Well, I, actually, I do. I, well, number two, I got media and gossip rags all together. It's kind okay. of a combination. So we'll, we'll lump them all together. The, the this guy, is the rise <laughs> of tabloids having influence, heavy influence on the reputation of, of the royalty. And we see how that carries through this day with you know, all the Diana stuff and then to Harry and Meghan, you know, now. Like, it's, it's become a factor. Well, I, I chose the guy with the, the RV right. specifically because what a, <laughs> what a jackpot. He probably got paid very well for this. Absolutely. Good, good, good for that guy, I guess. Um, who's number two going up for you, Dave? I got these kids that are receiving these donate these funds from the the Prince's Trust or whatever it's called. Hey, how, nice. how can you deny that? And they get to have a, a hold court with the king, the future king. That's pretty cool. That's pretty, pretty, pretty sweet. I, I like that too. I almost had them in here, but for me, number one, people may think he had a bad week. I think it's a great week, Prince Charles, man. This yeah, dude. This is a big surprise. Upset can't of the hold century. him back. Can't slow him down, as Puff Daddy once said, because this guy is too big to fail. He's going to be king. He's going to make his own court. He's going to tell people, yeah, I cheated. What? I'm going to be king either way. Stop me. I'm Prince Chuck. <laughs> Deal with it. Now what? Yeah, I want to be in the trousers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm bad at game. <laughs> what of it? Guess what? I mean, the, I guess the one thing that they really don't say is that. The reason that he is spitting that game is because he's so deeply into this relationship with her. He's not like some fling. Right. You know, it's the funny thing, though, is you can literally look up the entire transcript to this day and just see all the clumsy ways in which he talked to her. Yeah. Do we have a fact check on this episode? Uh, Nothing I could find specifically because, I mean, they pretty much stick to it. And maybe they take some liberties there in there, but... Nothing I could find that was like too damning on like the accuracy of this episode, you know. Okay, makes sense. 
It's a very straightforward episode. I mean, they spend a portion of it just literally recapping what he said over the phone. <laughs> yeah, I was like, are we going to hear more of this? Because I don't need to. And then we did hear more of it. I really don't need this at all. <laughs> kind of reminded me of, uh, if anyone was a fan of talk shows back in the day or, or night shows, the Pat O'Brien tapes. So hot, as, as he would repeat on those tapes. Anyone wants a good time and a laugh? Not for kids, but yeah, it's out there. Okay. Yeah. Well, aside from the Pat O'Brien tapes, what have you been watching, I'm assuming? <laughs> um, not much. I, I was just in Colorado for the past five days. Uh, got back last night, watched this episode on the plane, and uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty out of it. <laughs> okay. R- riding on fumes over here. That makes sense. On the way back. That was like me after after Disney World. Yeah. Loved it, though. It was beautiful. Highly recommend if people have never been and they want to be out in the country. It's a good place to go. Okay, cool. How about you, Dave? What have you been watching? Well, I finally finished Love is Blind Season 3. Oh, boy. We got to talk about that. We got to talk about that. I think we'll do that behind the paywall on Patreon. I did. I really liked the finale. Fantastic finale. Yeah. Um, and then also on the note of Patreon, I watched the first episode of Harry and Meghan. Oh, boy. It's worth and it. It's, yeah, I think, it's, it was, I think it was very complimentary of this episode of The Crown. Oh, boy. All right. So well, I kind of, you know, I think everyone's been talking about it. And I know that, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of content and it's, it's pretty dense, but, you yeah. know, it is very humanizing. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I guess if, if people are overwhelmingly interested in us talking about it, we could do it on Patreon because it is, you know, it's very straightforward. Yeah. And the first episode in particular isn't really like eye opening. It's more a lot about you know Diana stuff, which is right in this wheelhouse of this season of the Crown. So, yeah. All right, I think that's going to wrap it for us this week, though. That's right. Okay, so you know where to find us. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Our Patreon is there for you to subscribe to for bonus episodes and our Lords of Grantham Lounge. You can also find our entire history of podcasts on Spotify, Amazon, iPod, iTunes, anywhere, our Podbean website. Uh, and you can always email us at lordsgrantham at gmail.com. Yeah. And we'll catch you next time on the pod. Yeah.